guys, back from the Wrestling Interviews Podcast here, and welcome to episode 317 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Saturday. I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast, and as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. Now, Last time we spoke, it has been literally 169 days since yours truly had a full-on episode of the YLP podcast. And I figured, you know what? Two weeks before the Rumble, it's time to make a comeback. It's time to get back to the swing of things. And I did not come alone. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I have one-third former co-host of the Wrestling Religious Podcast, my homie, and one of the best beards I've ever seen in my life, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Nick Julian, what's going on, brother? What's happening, man? For the first time since the last time. The last time it was a little bit different because uh, it wasn't your podcast; it was mine, and now it's yours. And I'm I'm the guest co-host, whatever you want to call me. Yeah, does it feel weird knowing that you're on the other side of the fence now? No, not at all. Mm. It's like stepping back over from the owner's side to the uh, to the employee side again. Did that already once this year, and it felt good to not have to give a shit. I can pop in, say what I gotta say, and then I can get the fuck out. That's why I fucked with you. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have anyone else in the field. Like, the only person that came up in my head like was just you, and I knew that you know. Come on. When I was, when I was making my comeback. I was just like, if, if Nick don't get on the show, we ain't gonna, we ain't gonna speak. That's Come on, it. son. Come on, brother. You know how we get down. Come on now. Uh, for those of you who do, who do not know, Nick and I were actually two-thirds of the Wrestling Issues podcast back in the day. Um, we absolutely killed it. I said we had one of the best shows in the game. You know, it'd be like that sometimes, but you know what? Everybody's doing their thing now, and we're all good. But I don't want to waste anyone else's time because we got things to do and people to see. So let's get right into this. Now, you sent me this, I believe you sent me this yesterday, Nick, uh, with Sonny. Oh, boy, Sonny. And I'm looking Ooh, at we got guns charges. We got Ooh. terrorist charges. Oh, what? Talk to him. So, you are ready. You are ready on probation for whatever <laughs> else stupid you've done in the past uh-huh. decade? Uh-huh. Jesus. And then you're going to go do so, something like this. Come on. Yeah, so I have the article from TMZ.com. WWE legend Kenny Stitch arrested for weapons possession and terroristic threats in, unfortunately, my home state of New, New Jersey. Jersey. to be exact. That's like not even like 20, 30 minutes from like where I used to live. And Yeah, I know, right? Monmouth County, bro. Be like that. So the You'd have heard it. Don't count me with a good time, bro. So, she got arrested. I believe it was just yesterday, if I'm not yes. mistaken. Yes, it was yesterday. So... She was charged with allegedly, unlawfully possessing... Allegedly. Allegedly. We have to say allegedly because we're not sure and it's going to be. And making terroristic threats. So she was taken into custody yesterday around 11 a.m. Records indicating that it was three charges. Two for illegally possessing a weapon um, and one charge for terroristic threats. Now, Jersey's a bit different with their charges because we don't do felonies and misdemeanors. We do degrees. So the higher the degree... You already know what time it is. So, what I'm looking at here. Are we looking at a Are we looking at a one to five scale, or are we on a one to ten scale here? What are we looking at? Because so, if I remember right from what I read, 
there was mm-hmm. a five and a couple of fours on that list, mm-hmm. and I was like, so so are we looking at like top of the scale as a five? <laughs> so let me let me take it from the article. So the weapons charges themselves, and I'm quoting TMG.com Sports. Um, the weapons charges are classified as third degree. Okay. So, and then the terrorist charges are a fourth degree. Now it was a third and a fourth. I'm sorry, not a fourth and a fifth, but yeah, it's two thirds and a fourth. So. If, if she is convicted, the weapon charges themselves carry a possible three to five year prison term. The threat okay. charge carries up to a one year sentence. So we're possibly looking at a full on 11, like altogether 11, if she actually gets convicted on all of them. Okay. Yep. I mean, I mean, this, this is, this is the sixth time. I mean, the, the sixth time she was arrested for DUI back in February, 2019, spent eight months in jail in 2018. After she was released from that, she went to rehab and vowed to stay clean. My thing is, (laughs) my thing is this, is just, at some point, I I, I think personally she just needs to leave New Jersey because for some reason she just acted up (laughs) in the Garden State. I mean, is that why you left? I left for other reasons, but but definitely not that. Absolutely not that. I gotta ask but, though, because I know you be acting up sometimes. So, I, I mean, I only acted up one time, and you know, I had to get a little cuff action. But that's neither here nor there. We ain't gonna talk about that. But in terms of like, just this is this is. I'm not saying this is along the lines of like the USO bullshit, you know, DUI after DUI and whatnot. But this is worse. This is a big freaking deal. This is worse than and, and hey, I'll be the first one to blast one of the USOs about doing stupid shit because you know I'm how I feel. Here. Oh, I already know how you feel about it. We ain't got you know how I feel, but this is this is worse. I mean, at least Jimmy and you know, at least Jimmy J, whichever one it is, and, and Naomi, they all they doing their thing. You know, they're 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 roughing up a cop. Yeah, you know, but it ain't nothing. It ain't nothing that's gonna hurt a lot of people. Then you no, get into this all. situation. You got a bunch. You got a bunch of people that could get hurt in this one. I mean, because like I said, there's the weapon. There's the terroristic threats. There's yeah, whatever else is on that list of of stupid shit that she did yesterday. Yeah, what? Not a good look. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it, this it, it comes to a point where it's just like you got you got you got to leave her in there. I, and I point, know. And, and here's but here's a question for you. And I'm gonna throw them under the bus for this one. You know, they, they've reached out and they've tried to help other people with their substance abuse problems. Is it time for the E to go ahead and extend that hand and say, "Hey, look, let's get you some help"? Ooh, that is a very, very good question. But and- we all know they don't want to touch her the same way they didn't want to touch China because of that yeah. porn stigma. True. That is a good. That is a very solid point there with the whole China situation. Or the was second- the China situation a little more along the lines of? You know, Stephanie just didn't want her husband's ex back around. That's also a fair point. I mean, I, come on now. <laughs> but I mean, here, like my thing is with this. I think the E definitely needs to start stepping in. In this case, will they? I don't know. Should they? Absolutely. They really need to start. They on. absolutely should. They have to. They they have. I mean, there's so many people. So when you're looking at and listening to them talk, you're like, man, this person really could use some help. Mm-hmm. I mean, and we, we've seen some of these things come out on dark side of the ring and it's been, you know, it's those things that we've heard for years, but now that you're getting a different look at it, you're going, man, 
other people knew something was going on. I mean, except for the in the, the case of like Chris Benoit, where that where nobody Ooh. had a clue. Nobody had a nope. clue that that dude was as nuts as he was. You know, and it's not, and I don't want to say nuts because it wasn't his fault. He wasn't no, it wasn't. crazy. The man had a legitimate medical condition here that absolutely just needed and some people, help. And people tend to forget about that too. That he had a legitimate medical medical condition. I mean, when they when they cut you open and they look at your brain and they yeah. say this was an eighty five this this should have been the brain of an eighty five year old man that had been suffering for you know thirty five plus years with Alzheimer's. Yep. You know, and a guy that wasn't even old enough to be the age that they said you know the the brain started suffering damage at. Yeah, that's a problem. I mean, it's a I lot mean, of bones. What was he? He was in his forties, somewhere around there. Yeah, somewhere in the mid, you know, like mid forties, late forties. Maybe I don't know exactly what it was, but you're looking at a guy that should, you know, like by all accounts, fifty-five year old to eighty year or fifty year old to eighty year five year old man, thirty-five years of suffering brain, you know, from that that disease just eating your brain away, and he's right. not even old enough to have barely have that whole thirty-five years there. Yep. When you think of it, I mean, so he started at 10 years old, getting that damage in there. Ooh. Yeah, that's, that's decades you know, somebody damage. needs to, somebody needs to check in on a man like that once For real. in a while. I think you it's know, not, we've both played sports. Oh yeah. I played football. You played football. I wrestled. I was in baseball. Yeah. You know, we, we did it. We already know what that does to you over the years. I mean, yes, it does. I'm sitting here at 42 years old thinking, man, if I wouldn't have done some of the stupid stuff I did on the football field back in the day, how much more cognitive would I be? You know, like there's days where you just sit there and you're like, That's a fair I, point. when was the last time I did that? Yeah. And then you, you know, you, you have those lapses in there and you're like, and now you start thinking about it because you've seen it more and more. Did I suffer some brain damage back in the day? Of course. We Possible. Did. Yeah. Of course. I we mean, did. at this point, honestly, he needs, the E needs to step in now. Right. And what's going on with Sonny? Because if they don't, it's just going to be a bad look. Maybe, and, here, and I'm just thinking this now, maybe it's something that the E may not want to touch right now because of the fact of the severity of the charges. But we'll see. But, we see. You know, it'd be a good look on them to actually offer that help. Oh, absolutely, my man. Because right 100%. now they need all the they need all the good looks they can get. Because they they ain't got a good look to save their lives. We and we got rid of. Hey, let's go into that. Let's let's just jump right in there, Zach. Let's go ahead and talk about the fact that they just got rid of most of the roster. Eighty people. They're talking about having the best year that they've had in a long time. Financially, because yes, financially. Why? Because you just cut all that out of your budget. Yep, eighty members of talent, and that and, also includes, including staff have been yes. let. And if you're Samoa Joe, you got the boot twice in one year. Right. Joe got the boot twice. I You've got guys that should have been the future of that company. But for yep. whatever reason, I don't know. You got to start to look at some of that and go, man, these are all – majority of these were guys that Hunter brought in that they, yep. they, they mismanaged and got rid of. What's going on behind the scenes over there? I think – and this, this has just been my theory for the longest time now. I think ever since – and I guess I'll have to put my tinfoil hat on for a minute – Ooh, I shit. Yeah, I'm going there. We're going into this bitch. So in my mind, I think that this was all solely based off the fact that it was, you know, Vince McMahon really wanted to ensure that AEW didn't get the shine they honestly truly deserve. So you take NXT off of the WWE Network, now Peacock, and that just, just trashed. Take him off the WWE Network, put him on live TV on the same night as AEW Dynamite and have them compete. 
when they so-called, quote-unquote, lost the so-called Wednesday Night War, which to me is not war in and of itself, Vince McMahon felt some type of way about it and decided in his mind, well, since my son-in-law can't be who I believe is my, in, in essence, my closest rival, I'm going to shut your shit down. So I'm gonna oh, I'm yeah, gonna... let's talk about that, though. But here's, and, the, here's the problem with that is what, what does USA have? They have Raw. Right. That's it. That's it, though, when you think outside of that. But look, I mean, and here's one thing that you have to take into consideration that I don't think anybody has talked about that I've heard yet. Why did Vince do this? Why did he? Because he saw them losing. Well, here's the problem with that, my friend. USA has nothing to offer. They really don't. USA has nothing to offer. You got TBS. Think about that. TBS, what did they show? They showed the baseball playoffs. Yep. So they're advertising TNT that whole time because that's the same company behind yep. those two networks. So you're Just advertising. Just in case y'all didn't know that, so, that TBS right. they go together for years. Now you yep. had so so last year you had the baseball playoffs. You had basketball on TNT. You yep. had baseball playoffs the second time. Basketball on TNT. TBS. Yep. They do yep. that. TBS also is carrying a lot of the NCAA tournament as well. So you've got a lot of people. So you've got a lot of people out there that may not have known that AEW was there had it not been for the fact that they tuned into something else and thought, man, you know what? Wrestling back on TBS on TNT, that's like back when I was a teenager again. When there me and my, when me and my guys used to get together, they hit that nostalgia button like that on people, and they went, Oh shit, I gotta go check this out, man. They got yeah. in there, and what did they see? They saw something that very much resembled those early Monday Nitros that they, you know, that we all grew up loving back in the day. And they went, "Oh, okay, so I don't have to watch that garbage over there anymore. No. I can watch this where no, I get to see the fun stuff." You know, there's oh, yeah. guys, there, and the people tuning in that didn't know about AEW and hadn't followed wrestling for a long time. What were you getting with those people? You got mm. the people that you got the people that was back in the day that they liked wrestling. They stopped yep. following wrestling when it became too much about storyline and not enough about in-ring action, and they they drifted away. And that's one thing that you're seeing is Vince is getting rid of guys also that can't tell a damn story to save their lives. Some of these guys, but Jesus Christ, you put them in the ring, and that's the story. They don't yep. have to tell a story outside the ring when they do the their talking product. in the ring. Yep. The in-ring I mean, product tells you the story. Chris Benoit. Chris Benoit was a terrible promo. Very much. Malenko, terrible promo. Very terrible. But holy but, shit, could those guys go in the ring? Eddie Guerrero. Absolutely. Eddie Guerrero developed a personality and a promo style. He didn't. He didn't just. There. Yeah, he was not good in ECW. He was not good in WCW on a microphone. No. But then he started to get it together. He started to find that character. He started to find that rhythm. He got that. He got that Latino heat all of a sudden. And the yep. man took off. Skyrocketed jetpack to the moon without question. And there's been guys that, that were always fun to watch. I, hey, you're not going to find a tougher guy and a guy that I like to watch a match of more than a Perry Saturn. But he mm. was not putting asses in the seats no. from a standpoint of fans that liked what WWE was offering. He, yeah. was a, he was a huge draw in WCW because he could go. Yep. And they didn't do that with him in WWE. No, they didn't let. Well, they didn't do it with Malenko either. They didn't just let the guy go. Oh. They tried to make him into a. They tried to make him into the Casanova character because they terrible. needed him. Because they needed him to have a personality. No, you don't. It was, the guy's, it was terrible. 
The guy had a personality. He was a fucking wrestling machine. He's the Iceman. That's all that you was need. His, he was the man of a thousand holds. I know Chris Jericho was the man of a thousand and one, but... Depending on who Jericho, you ask. Jericho could also talk your ass into a seat. Absolutely. And his rivalry with Malenko back in WCW was one of the best ones I had seen Fantastic. Ever. It was such a Eddie, good dude. Eddie and Dean from ECW. Greatness. Some of the best wrestling you're ever going to see. Yeah, in-ring product actually told the story. In ECW, right. you, you can tell a story same way, but they allow the mix of promo and in-ring product together. Yes. I mean, ECW is where is where a, a, a middle of his career, Scotty Steiner, started to find his voice. Yep. He got over there and Paul, Paul E. got in his ear and let him know, just go ahead and say whatever the hell you want. Yep. Because Heyman allowed it. Heyman wanted people to actually find themselves. Right. I mean, he did it with Austin. Sure did. Oh, that oh, that gimmick was money. In ECW. He did it with Austin. He did it with Brian Pillman, letting Pillman come yeah. in and just, and just act as crazy as he could possibly be. Absolutely. It was a beautiful thing to watch, too. And now, like, when you're seeing the product now, like, when you're seeing an NXT. You don't have now, guys. You, you're looking at a Raw now, a SmackDown now. I don't get that same feeling that I used to, even when no. the was in the black and gold era before they pretty much went the Nickelodeon route. You told stories. You gave people characters. You gave people personality and something for people to sink their teeth into. Right, but it wasn't. But it didn't have to necessarily be. It didn't. It didn't. And that's the best part. On a microphone. Part yeah, you didn't have to be the best on the microphone. Your in-ring products actually made up for it. I mean, and that, and that's, now here's my here's a question I want to pose to you now. Do it, because I have a bold prediction for this year, um, for at least one of them. Um, me personally, I think NXT is going to be on in terms of viewership will be on the same level as Monday Night Raw sometime in 2022. Unfortunately, my, my question to you is this: Do you think that now with the 2.0, do you think they can actually give us something worthwhile, or no. is, is or is it pretty much the nail in the coffin and we got the dead Namekian? It's it's dead. Dead, mm. dead, dead. So I don't I, think, I know. Yeah. I they they've gone ahead and they've changed too much on it. And right. I was I, I meant to save the article and I meant to bring it in with me a couple days ago and no I worries. lost it. Um I was at work and was reading it and then when I came back to my phone later I couldn't find it again. Um, oh, I saw where they were talking that USA isn't exactly thrilled with what they've done to the product. Really? Go on. Yeah. Say less. Yeah. Oh. Uh, they were, they were a little upset because they liked the way it looked. They liked the way it felt because what USA thought they needed to do and crazy thought here was make a product that was a little more realistic. Mm. Something that was, because what are you competing against? You're competing against viewership for the UFC, for Bellator now, because you got Dan Lambert and those guys showing up in AEW. So this was your chance. They thought, hey, look, we can go ahead and we can do this. We got these guys that are a little more legitimate here. Right. And I guess USA, the USA guys, they were, from what I've read, they liked, the, they liked Timothy Thatcher. They liked his style. They liked Love Timothy Thatcher. They liked the way they were kind of circling with yeah. Roddy. They liked the way the diamond mine was going. They, you know, they had it. They had these guys. They liked that they they got Parker Bordeaux or Harland. Harland. 
the destroyer of gods. Is that what they're calling them? Yes. Jeez. Yes, that was the that was the given name that I read was Harlan the destroyer of gods. Wow. Yeah. Think about that for a minute. They got a kid, that kid, they liked him because he looks legitimate. Now they're skipping sending Gable Stevenson down there. He's going to go straight up to Raw. Back off. That's a a special athlete there, too, though. I mean, yes. But my thing is, is that like you need a little bit like you, like most of these people that are coming in, I kind of think of it as like they're uncooked chicken and they need some seasoning before they get cooked. He's a Minnesota guy. mm, That works. Who do you think they got him training with? Of course, Brock. Obviously. Not just Brock. They've got him, they've got Shelton working with him. They've got mm. Chad Gable working with him. They've got Otis working with him because those are all Minnesota guys. That's a stable right there. If you think that's a hell of a stable. That is a stable. Get that, that is a stallion WWE, stable. WWE, you want to cut us a check right now? Let let us know. We got you. We got a million dollars worth of free game. Just give right. us a check. Cut the check. Right. That's all we want. Cut the check. We got you. Your creative team is trash. I hate to say it because, right. like, when you're looking at because I watched SmackDown the other night, and I'm looking at like, the whole now. Now that we know Roman Reigns and Rollins are going to be facing each other at the Royal Rumble, um, my thing is, is just like, and going back to like the releasing of all the talent. You Spoiler alert! You have essentially screwed your entire SmackDown roster. Now you're bringing yep. in Raw guys in order to be contenders for the title. You're, you're, you essentially shot yourself in both feet. Well, but here's the thing is Roman's going to switch over at Mania. He'll be on Raw because he'll be, he'll, he's going to lose the title and then be the winner of the Rumble. Watch. <laughs> I, here's the thing, ladies and gentlemen, just so y'all know, Nick, most of the time when he comes up with stuff like this that I may disagree with, he's not usually wrong. Which is the weird part. As dumb as that sounds, they're going to have Roman drop the belt to Rollins. Fuckery, probably. You're probably going to get Owens. You're probably going to get, you know, all these other guys that have been kind of chasing chasing Roman or, or chasing Roman around. Somebody's mm-hmm. going to help Rollins. He's going to get the win cheaply. And then you're going to, you know, Lashley's going to lose this match. And Obviously. then you're going to have. You're, and then the 30th man, you're going to hear that Roman music hit, and he's just going to walk in, wipe out the last three guys, and roll into Mania because they really wanted that Brock-Roman match at Mania again. Because my here's my thought. Now, I like Seth Rollins, and I could see him winning it. I wouldn't want him to win it personally because I'm, I'm thinking of it in terms like this. Now, the fact that they really much just like, got rid of a ton of talent um, – my thought process really started getting into, into unification territory for a hot minute. Uh-huh. See, that was another thought that I had, and then I went, mm, no, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it, and I'll tell you why. Because you have two different networks there. You have Fox yeah. and you have and you have NBC Universal with USA. They're not going to have they're not going to share a champion. They each want their own product because neither one of them can control him fully at that point. And right. kind of help write the narrative that they want, but because they're seeing Fox is seeing huge viewership with Roman there, they're going to hate to lose him. But you're going to have to give me something in replacement, right? So you're going to get Rollins, which meh. 
Um, yeah, I said it. <laughs> you said and then, it. And then you're going to get something else, which I don't know what it's going to be, but somehow I have a feeling because I've heard they're bringing back the Elimination Chamber. Yes, they actually, that was... Um... Uh, so do you, that's how you're going to, that's how you're going to crown the, the number one contender for the other side is going to go Elimination Chamber. And I think you're going to see Drew McIntyre do that. This way, yeah. in front of a large crowd, because Rollins, Rollins losing the title at Mania doesn't hurt him at all. No. As far as his standing in the company goes. Right. Because he's, he's a bit player and that's where he's at now in his career is he's helping with the company because, you know, just grow. So now what happens is Drew McIntyre finally gets that WrestleMania moment that they've been waiting to give him and that he got screwed out of because they couldn't have the crowd. Right. So, so pretty much like they're doing this to give Rollins his WrestleMania moment. Uh, I wouldn't say Rollins. I'd say more McIntyre. Mm. That's the thing, though. Like with with McIntyre, I just don't see it now. I mean, I love I love Drew McIntyre. I'm a big fan of his. But the way that this has been maneuvering him, especially with the feud with Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss, it's just not a good look for him. And now going out with injury, with the neck injury, who knows how long he'll be out for that? Um, I don't know if he'll make Mania. If he does, I'll be surprised, which would be a good thing. But my thing is, is just. Rollins McIntyre at Mania doesn't stream WrestleMania match to me for some reason. I, you know, I don't see it either, but that could be the reason they're doing it is because it's just, it's an easy loss for Rollins at that point. Right. And the thing, the thing is though, cause I think, cause I know a lot of people will be upset if Reigns lost because let's be real. Let's be real people. Roman Reigns in the bloodline is probably, if not the single most important storyline, and there's really not much else going on. With this. Nope. Oh. And you have another you have another member that can come up. Yeah, Solo Sokoa. Right. And that's that's the crazy thing. Like that if that okay, I get it, Roman's your top priority. But if that's all you've got, why do I care? I don't. That's the problem right now, Zach, is that I don't care. And then there's so much going on over in AEW that it's overload there. You've got MLW now. Oh, by the way, that's suing the WWE over their deal with 2B TV because yeah, about that. Yep, they got that deal shut down. So you've got all this stuff going on, and you've got all these names that keep popping up. Now they want to play with the forbidden door. Come now? on. Now, now why? Because they see themselves in a bad situation, and Vince is gonna pull that trigger and shoot that bullet before he gets an opportunity to get shut down like he had for 80, what was it? 89 weeks, 86 weeks, yeah. whatever it was that WCW beat them in the ratings back yep. in the day. He's not going to let it go to that. He's going to try and take that shot because now he does see that as a threat. He never saw mm-hmm. impact as a threat before. Now he sees AEW as a threat and he thinks that he can partner with impact and hold them off just a little bit because if they've got the deal with impact going, why would impact want to work with AEW anymore? Good point. I mean, and speaking of impact, that just goes right into the whole Mickey James situation. Um, why? Why? I the way Mickey Zach, James I wish I had an answer for that. I, I, I mean, like, what what like, it's it's mind boggling to me because Mickey's a Mickey's a name that they already know that the right. fans already know. Why don't mm. why aren't they trying to bring in Deanna Peraza? Why aren't they trying to bring in you know they could have oh, brought Roxy. back they could have brought back Tennille. They could have brought 
Hey, they could have done Rosemary. They could have done Havoc. They could have done Sue Young. They could have done... No, they went with Mickey because Mickey's a safe commodity that they already know. She's professional. She's going to show up. She's going to do her shit and get out of there, and they're not going to have to deal with anything. Why? Because everybody on the roster already knows Mickey. Some of those other yeah. some of those other names that I just threw at you, the main roster the main roster women have never worked with them on the independent circuits. Yeah. So so you're gonna have that like you don't belong here kind of mentality, and I think that might be what they're trying to avoid there. And I think you're gonna see the same safe call with the with the men's roster too, because you may get oh. you may get somebody pop back in over there because you haven't seen Anderson and Gallows show up on AEW in a, in a minute now. So maybe. True. Maybe one of those guys is gonna pop back in at the rumble. Maybe, you know, you got a you got a rich swan that could come back in. You got Rhino, you've got you know, you've got these guys that could all pop back in because they're safe bets because they they've worked with everybody there before and there's no hard feelings for the most part. I don't think any of those people I, the only hard feelings was on Mickey James' side, by the way, they threw their threw her clothes and shit in a goddamn garbage bag and tossed it and had it delivered. What? Why? 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 I would. I. I mean, because because I mean, I get like it's like pretty much like you said. You know, it's it's a name. It's a it's a viable name. People know Mickey. It's just if I'm Mickey James in the way that a I was released. B you sent my stuff in a damn trash bag. Right. And and now you want me to come back? I would have told you to go go f yourself. Go fuck yourself. One hundred percent. Ladies and gentlemen, Seriously. now now that I've got your host all riled up and going right now. I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to let him rant for the rest of the show. It was great being back for the <laughs> half hour I've been back, my brother. Bruh. Enjoy the rest of the show. Next you week, can. let me know. We'll uh, we'll link up again next week when we got a for little sure. more time. And we'll uh, we'll really roast some people and really get into oh, Because are what are we? What are we going to be? We're going to be a week out from the Rumble at that point. Let's go ahead yeah. and see. Let's go ahead and see what happens in the next week where that puts us. That's going to be a good time, too, because you got, you got, what, seven whole days to – See what nonsense and bullshit uh, is about. Yes. And seriously, Nick, Nick, brother, you know how much I love you, man. It's all love. I appreciate you stopping by. My man. Uh, we'll Always good. And we'll definitely talk off air, and we'll do another thing probably next week. Uh, yes, Nick sir. Doing, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we'll be right back with uh, the rest of today's episode of the YLP podcast. Stick yes, around. Yes, sir. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 317 of the YLP podcast. Again, I'd like to thank my boy, my homie, Nick Doolin, for stopping by and rapping with a little bit with me. You know, always a good, always a good time to be talking with Nick. Um, if you do want to follow him on Twitter at the name at name on the marquee, all one word, uh, you can follow him over there. And also, he does very, very good hair. He's actually a barber out of the Chicagoland area, does very good hair. He's actually done my beard and actually did a haircut um, a while back. And I was looking clean in a motherfucker. I'll tell you all that right now. But again, um, seriously good to be back. I know I'm going to slow things down for a moment and just, you know, thank y'all for, you know, sticking by and, you know, waiting. I mean, I know it was summer vacation. We didn't know how long it was going to be, but hey. We are here five months later, and I'm glad to be back. And speaking of that, let's get into some news. And I got a little bit of news. I just found a little bit of news as we uh, were, t- we're speaking in that. a lovely conversation. Excuse me, y'all. So, 
let's head over to theringreport.com for our first article of the day. As y'all know, of course, if y'all didn't know, this is News of the Week, the show where I talk about the news that's fit for me to talk about. If you didn't know about it, now you know about it. Congratulations. Welcome to the show. So, here's how Triple H reportedly feels after those huge NXT releases this past week. As y'all know, um, we had a lot of, well, not a lot, but a good amount of uh, the staff, Triple H's staff, from NXT being released. Guys like William Regal, Scott Armstrong, Gabe Sapolsky, Guys like that, and so I was I was personally wondering when exactly they were gonna act. Would Triple H was gonna you know respond? Would he respond? I know he's got yeah a cardiac arrest a while back. So let's let's dive into this. This is from Josh Wilding. WWE has made some sweeping changes to NXT in recent months, and last week that resulted in a lot of Triple H's old allies being released. Now we have some backstage news on the game's reaction to that. It's been another tough week to be a WWE employee and fan, as the latest wave of cuts saw the likes of William, Regal, Road Dog, and Samoa Joe released. They were all considered Triple H hires from his time in charge of NXT, with the prevailing belief that he would one day bring them with him when he was put in charge of WWE's main roster in place of Vince McMahon. Well, Nick Khan being hired as WWE president and NXT lost to AEW Dynamite during the Wednesday Night War has changed things. And NXT 2.0 is not a brand the game has any involvement with. I'm going to say that one more time for y'all out there still thinking Triple H runs the show. Well, Nick Khan being hired as WWE president and NXT lost to AEW Dynamite during the Wednesday Night War changed things. And NXT 2.0 is not a brand the game has any involvement with. So stop talking like Triple H is still around. This is Vince McMahon's and Bruce Prichard's show now. I digress. We shall continue. While NXT was once the hottest promotion in pro wrestling, AEW proved itself to a true alternative, and the gloss quickly wore off the black and gold brand that once sold out takeover shows across the globe. Now, NXT is essentially raw light. And Wade Keller is reporting that morale there is not is now not good. Quote, I talked with people who had said Triple H was building his team that he would bring bring with him to the main roster. And if his day came to run the main roster, he wanted his group of people, he explains. At some point, it was thought that it would include William Regal, Gabe Sapolsky, Road Dog, and they're gone. Keller would go on to add that he's only heard a little about how Triple H has reacted, noting, quote, NXT just isn't what it once was. I've heard just a little about Triple H's reaction to all of this and nothing super reportable other than it sounds like he's bummed out, end quote. Well, no one can blame him for that. After his recent heart scare, Triple H appears to be focusing on helping prepare athletes WWE hires to become pro wrestlers, a far cry from the work he did creating and running NXT. As for who takes charge when Vince is gone, your guess is as good as ours. Now... This is sad. This is a sad state of affairs, personally, I think, in my mind, for WWE. I, I honest, I mean, I used to do a show based off NXT. You know, I, I did the, you know, head-to-head with NXT and AEW. You know, so NXT was killing it. And all of a sudden, and, and like we spoke on this earlier uh, in the last segment with Nick, you know, it was all simply because NXT, quote-unquote, lost to AEW Dynamite during the so-called, quote-unquote, Wednesday Night War. I personally thought NXT and AEW were doing quite well on their own separately. And they, I mean, yeah, they checked in on each other's shows. Of course, that's your rival. You're going to do stuff like that to see how, what they're doing and what they're up to. 
But my thing is, is that now that there is pretty much close to no inkling left of Triple H's hands on anything that is NXT, you know, this is now on Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. This is now on Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. It's a sad state of affairs for NXT. I know a lot of people will probably be thinking, oh, you know, maybe you should give NXT a chance. I did. It's called the black and gold era for a reason. The black and gold standard. Not this Nickelodeon garbage over here. Not this shit. To me personally, I think it's an insult. It is quite insulting as a wrestling fan to turn on NXT and see the whole landscape of everything change. Don't get me wrong. Change is good. Sometimes. You know, adapt, evolve, all that good stuff. But here's the thing, y'all. They're starting from scratch again. They're literally starting over. You know, Braun Breaker's now your NXT champion, and he's going to be a hell of a talent in NXT. I guarantee you he will. Carmelo Hayes, I called that last year, that Carmelo Hayes would be champion in 2021. Call that, you're welcome. You know, the women's division needs work. The tag team division needs help. There's a lot of glaring issues that you can honestly see if you're watching an episode of NXT. Hmm, excuse me. There's a lot of glaring issues there. But my thing is, is WWE actually going to be able to correct those issues? And honestly you know, give us a product worth watching. That actually, you know, is the evolution of what the black and gold standard was building on top of that. I don't know if they will. I mean, I, I know a lot of people, you know, on Twitter, you know, you know, are saying, you know, NXT, is, I think they're going to be all right. Breaker's going to be good. Hayes is fine. You know, that's all well and good. But, you know, when you're still having to bring in guys like AJ Styles, in order to get a pop on a rating. It's not a good look. Not a good look at all. I mean, cool. AJ Styles is on NXT. Fantastic. I can I can chalk that up. But in my mind, why would we need AJ Styles on NXT? What, to put over Grayson Waller? Okay, that's all well and good, but still. If you have to resort to those type of tactics in order to actually get a rating or something worthwhile... NXT, as we know it, is, like the article said, raw light. Literally raw light. You can tell. You can easily watch it on Monday, turn NXT on Tuesday, and fall asleep in the first hour. Now, for me personally, living now in the Mountain Time Zone, um, my show, the shows I watch, um, NXT goes on at like 9 for some reason. Weird. I don't know. YouTube TV, get it together. Just make it like 8, you know. Make it at 6. You put everything else on at six, put it on the six. But that's neither here nor there. And we're going to move on to another article. Now, earlier in this last segment, we did speak on Mickey James and how we felt about, you know, the whole situation. Now, I just found this article from WrestlingNews.co. Mickey James says apologies were issued and she's on good terms with the WWE. This is actually from Paul Davis. Mickey James appeared on Ariel Hawani's show today. Talk about her entry into the Royal Rumble, how the deal came to be, and the possibility of more co-promotion with WWE. James said she was approached a few weeks ago about the Rumble a few weeks ago. 
that was a weird line and their editor needs to figure you out. Quote, it was a few weeks ago and Scott called me first just to kind of see where I was at and if I was interested. I think immediately I was excited because, but I, because I think about this historically has never happened before for WWE to do this or to have anyone participate in the Rumble, especially to acknowledge the championship. It's really, it's cool. Uh, who, right? Who's man's? And it just shows a different amount of respect. I feel really great about it. Plus, I think in my mind, the last thing most people bring up or talk about was on the other end of the spectrum with, and so it's just not, it's just cool not to have that be the thing. Who Whose man's is writing this? I need to talk to the editor. Be the thing or the last thing or whatever that is. So I'm excited, honestly. So James continued on saying uh, that it was John Laurinaitis of all people who initially reached out to Scott Demore. Saying, quote, Johnny reached out to Scott to first just to talk to him professionally because this has never really, this has never really been done before by them. So definitely they talked first to see if this was going to be something they, because they worked together. Impact worked together with WWE in the past for other things, you know, for when Flair went to the Hall of Fame and Christian Cage and all that stuff. So it wasn't unforeseen to, that it could possibly happen. But yeah, so I think that's why Scott first reached out to me to see what my interest was. And I think it was going to be a surprise. We talked about it having it as a surprise, but you know, the announcement and the response back from the announcement kind of has blown my mind. I think it's pretty incredible, you know? It's different. And it's kind of historic. And then to be the person to do, they've done it with, it's freaking, really freaking cool. James said that apologies were issued and she is on good terms with WWE after the trash bag incident when she was released last year. James was asked what her reaction was when she was told about WWE reaching out to Impact Wrestling, saying, quote, um, I was shocked. I think I was very shocked because I know it's not really ever been done before, especially for the women. And so, and I think all things considered, but I also feel like everyone from that camp is honestly, we've talked and there's been good, there's been apologies and all the things. And so I still maintain a good relationship with everyone in that sense. And professionally, I just think it's just something to be able to do and hopefully open the door for future possibilities of that as well. You know? So yeah, I think my knee jerk reaction was, I was kind of shocked, you know, because just, it's, it's just unheard of. And especially for me, I was like, oh, really? Okay. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. It's weird, right? It's a weird place to be sitting. She also said that Vince McMahon personally called her to apologize about the trash bag incident. James said that she didn't know that her name would be announced on SmackDown until it happened. She said, quote, why not, not until Friday? I was headed to Impact because we obviously had the championship on the line that was going to be the main event. And that was already a thing. So I was actually driving around looking for a guitar when it aired on SmackDown in Dallas. So I don't know. I think like we said, we were talked we talked about it being a surprise, like more of just one of those surprise entrances. But then I think Johnny really in the camp really wanted to kind of get it out there because they were doing that big announcement in the reveal that night. And they wanted to put it as part of that end quote. And as always, if I use any uh, portion of the quotes, please credit Wani H slash T Yar, you know that good stuff, because I ain't trying to get sued in this bitch. So at least WWE apologized that's good you know honestly should have never been that way in the first place because then you have to go and then you have to come back and be like i saw that's my bad you know i did i did an oopsie big time oops but that's the thing this should have never happened in the first place you know if you were gonna leave on you know leave on good terms when, when, you know, and this is more so on WWE side, you know, because honestly, I, I believe Vince McMahon 95% of the time. Always on crack! I'm just saying, you know, honestly, 
I, I would rather, you know, him, you know, not be someone. But sometimes I think in my mind, Vince McMahon really is on crack. But at least Vince McMahon actually called her personally and said, you know, 1-800-MY-BAD. You know, that, you know, we effed up royally. And you did. I mean, and I, I guess I have to give kudos to John Laurinaitis, people power, whatever, um, for this to actually happen. It's a good thing. It's fantastic. Um do I, I mean, it's a good look for Mickey because of the simple fact that, you know, she's going to be on the pay-per-view. The only thing, and I listened to this on the Kings of the Rings podcast, if you haven't checked them out yet, uh, Wednesday nights, 8 o'clock, Eastern Standard Time, YouTube, Twitch, all that good stuff. They actually were talking about it the other night and explaining that the only way it would all make sense is that Mickey James comes out with the Impact Knockouts Championship, which me personally, I agree with 100%. If you're going to have Mickey James coming from another company in order to be a part of the Royal Rumble, you got to give her the whole thing. Whole kit and caboodle. And just like Will said, do the Hardcore Country theme song. Have her come out as she is in Impact. You, ha- I think, I mean, I mean if you want to go the full apology, this is the only way to do it. This is the only 100% way to do it, is that you allow Mickey James to simply go out as she does in Impact. No more, no less. That's how it works. Because if you're not doing that, you're not really doing right by Mickey. I'm just saying, you know. I mean, good on WWE for actually, you know, having the balls to say, you know, we're sorry, that's our bad. We shouldn't have done that to you. We treated you like crap. And it bees what it bees. But we shall move on. We head over to WrestlingHeadlines.com. Bobby Lashley initially wanted out of the WWE Day 1 main event even after... Brock Lesnar was added. How he had to make a statement in the match. This is from Joey G. WWE superstar Bobby Lashley was the latest guest on the After the Bell podcast where the former world champion spoke about the recent WWE Day 1 pay-per-view. By the way, trash. Anywho, and how he initially wanted to be pulled from the show's main event after Brock Lesnar was added due to Roman Reigns testing positive for COVID-19. Highlights from the interview are below. Now, it's not a lot of highlights, but we're going to go into it anyway. So, he says he initially wanted to be taken out of the day one main event after he was added. You know, saying, quote, the first thing I said was, I said, get me out of the match. I said, it's a fatal four-way. Me and MVP can do something beforehand. Get me out of the match. Initially, people were like, what? Are you scared of him? No, I'm not scared of him. It's a match where exactly what happened, happened. He beat someone else, Brock being Big E, and got the title. So essentially, he can say he beat me, Seth, Biggie, and Kevin, right? I mean, the match is five people, and I was like, that's not the way this is going down. Get me out of the match. And they were like, nah, nah, you gotta stay in the match. And I was like, alright. Now, how he decided to stay in because he wanted to make a match statement and saying, quote, there was kind of a lot of people that were, like, not happy about it. But I looked at it as, at first, get me out of the match. But if I'm staying in the match, the interactions we have with Brock, I have to make a statement. End quote. Given the fact that now Lashley's the number one contender for the WWE Championship that will take place at the Royal Rumble in two weeks' time. Does I mean, I don't I don't know if I can say I'm surprised that Lashley kind of wanted out. It's interesting to say he wanted out, but you know, given the fact that we found out hours before the pay-per-view that Roman Reigns was that tested positive for COVID-19 
and he was not going to be in the main event at all. And then the weird thing was moving Lesnar over to the WWE Championship match. Personally, in my head, I don't think I still don't think it was the right call. I do not think that was the right call at all. Um, I mean, from reports that I've seen and read, it looked like Seth Rollins was going to become the WWE Champion had Brock Lesnar not been involved in the matchup. Um, Big E was always Big E was always going to lose the championship. Unfortunately, Big E was always going to lose the title. Reports stated that he was going to lose the title even before Lesnar was added to the matchup itself. So Big E's done. Brock, Brock has the belt. And now you have Roman on SmackDown as the Universal Champion, Brock Lesnar on uh, Raw as the WWE Champion. And for some reason, I can I can kind of get an idea of why Lashley wanted to pull out the last moment. Ha 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 ha. But, I mean, it doesn't look bad for him, but I'm sure some people will say, oh, he's scared. He wasn't. He was making a legitimate business decision. In my mind, Lesnar was added to the match last he wanted out. You know? So what was the point? I mean, if you already knew prior to that Lesnar was going to win the championship anyway, or that Big E was going to lose the title regardless, I, I can understand why Lashley would want out. I can completely understand why Lashley literally wanted out. Now, I mean, luckily for WWE, you know, Lashley said, okay, I'll still be involved with the match, but every every interaction he and I have, we're going to make a statement. And they did. I mean, for the most part, the interactions between uh, Lesnar and Lashley were pretty solid. I think it was good. The match itself was just whatever, personally. You know? I mean, I mean my mind was pretty much like this. It, the second they moved Brock Lesnar over to the WWE Championship match, I immediately knew Brock was winning the championship no matter what. I didn't know he was going to pin Big E to win the championship, which pretty much discredits Big E. You know, at least they could have, you know, had him pin like Owens or Rollins instead of Big E. You know, keep your champion strong even in defeat. Bad move. Um, I mean, the reign itself was two and a half months, so it really wasn't. I mean, it was good in terms of just looking at his reign. It was all right. His 2021 was solid. But overall, his title ring was kind of, eh. You know what I mean? It was it was not anything to, you know, talk to the wife about. It wasn't anything you wanted to, you know, let the news be known around the world and whatnot. But, I mean, now we get, we're get we still getting Lesnar Lashley at Royal Rumble. We'll see what happens with that. And we will go from there. Now, earlier in the last segment, Nick brought up the MLW um, filing a lawsuit against WWE. And I'm going to get into that right now from SI.com. MLW files antitrust lawsuit against WWE. An antitrust lawsuit has been filed against WWE by, compete, by a competing professional wrestling promotion. Major League Wrestling issued a press release on Tuesday night announcing that it has filed an antitrust, antitrust lawsuit against WWE citing WWE's ongoing attempts to undermine competition in and monopolize the professional wrestling market by interfering with MLW's contracts and business prospects. The lawsuit accuses WWE of pressuring third parties to abandon contracts and potential relationships with MLW. A pair of business deals that MLW claims WWE interfered with are mentioned in the lawsuit. 
MLW claims that WWE nixed a deal that MLW had signed with streaming platform Tubi that would have been transformative for the promotion. Tubi is owned by Fox, which is one of WWE's television partners. And yes, we already know WWE SmackDown airs every Friday on Fox. Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. It's also alleged that WWE attempted to derail a relationship between MLW and Vice TV. MLW claims that after it announced that it was in talks for MLW programming to air on Vice TV, and then a uh, then WWE executive warned Vice TV that WWE owner Vince McMahon was pissed that Vice TV was airing MLW programs and that Vice TV should stop working with MLW. The Vice TV executive responded by saying that WWE's conduct was illegal and an antitrust vi- violation, but the WWE executive said they couldn't troll control McMahon. MLW aired a one-hour Fightland special on Vice TV last October, and you can find uh, the content obviously previously aired on the station. Quote from Court Bauer, WWE has been wrongfully depriving its competitors of critical opportunities for many years, but its latest conduct has become even more unconscionable. I think we speak for the rest of the professional wrestling world when we say that this anti-competitive behavior has to stop. WWE issued the following statement regarding the lawsuit. WWE believes these claims have no merit and intends to vigorously defend itself against them. MLB, MLW is being represented by Cassowitz Benson Torres LLP. And of course, they first existed as a promotion back in 2002 to 2004 and then revived in 2017. That is a lot to unpack. That is a lot to unpack from this. Now, the reason I'm siding with MLW here is because there's also, I believe there was an article that I saw that where Triple H actually tried to interfere with uh, NJPW's Madison Square Garden show. Uh, a little while back. And yeah, here we go. WrestlingNewsSource.com From uh, Ben Jordan. WWE EVP Triple H was reportedly the person who called Madison Square Garden personally to get the arena to cancel a booking for the G1 Supercard show back in 2019. As you'll be aware, the Garden had been long been the home of WWE until the company moved most of their events to Barclays Center in Brooklyn. Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer revealed the story. Quote, Has WWE worked to keep different wrestling companies out of venues that they run? Absolutely. That's happened since the beginning of time. It's one of those reasons why there's only two shows scheduled. I believe for Madison Square Garden, one of them ended up being the move to the felt form, which was the AAA show, that they weren't able to block. They did. The Ring of Honor and New Japan show a couple years ago, they sold out on the first day and WWE did get that blocked. Paul Levesque called up Madison Square Garden and said, We don't want you booking that show. MSG reportedly attempted to cancel the booking, but Sinclair Broadcasting, which owns Ring of Honor, threatened a lawsuit, and MSG canceled. Sinclair threatened to sue Madison Square Garden and Madison Square Garden because they said they had a deal for the date, so Madison Square Garden backed off and told WWE that we're giving them the date, and they went and sold out, which WWE has not been doing, in Madison Square Garden. And this is a quote from uh, at, Brain, at Drain Bamager on Twitter. Quote, W-O-R, Paula Velt, Paul Levesque himself called up Madison Square Garden to block the G1 Supercard show from happening until Sinclair threatened to sue MSG and got their date back. Sinclair is 2-0 against WWE when it comes to lawsuits. Triple H isn't the savior you all thought he was, folks. So, it's no secret. It's no secret 
that WWE has tried their very damnedest to ensure that the competitors don't get the shine that in, I guess, in WWE's mind, they don't deserve. A little bit of that water. A little bit of that water. But yeah, I mean, seriously, it's one of those things where I'm surprised that, you know, WWE is really trying to pull this shit. I mean, honestly, most of the time in my mind, I'm here to tell you right now, we don't care. <laughs> but I do care. I actually give more of a fuck than you think I do. MLW is an up-and-coming promotion. Alexander Hammerstone, Jacob Fatu, guys like that, you know. The Middlewood Division itself, Myron Reed, Tajiri, Tatching Division, Von Erics, all these guys. And... WWE is essentially now on a power trip. Yet again. They're on one hell of a power trip. It sickens me to my core that WWE is being this petty. Seriously, I, I've said many, on multiple occasions that Vince McMahon is, the, is President Petty. He's that petty. That he will stop at nothing to ensure that shows do not get booked in their arena, the arenas that they usually run in. Y'all don't sell out in Madison Square Garden no more. G1 Supercard, date. Keep it a buck. Let's keep it a stack. G1 Supercard sold out. I watched that show. It was great. Fantastic. Worth it. But now knowing that Triple H tried to actually stop the G1 Supercard show, that's some bullshit in and of itself. Why? Why, why would he do a move like that? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it came from Vince to have uh, Paul call and uh, let him know, hey, we don't want you running the shows in Madison Square Garden. Madison Square Garden is allowed to do whatever the hell they want in terms of booking shows. Just because you ain't selling out doesn't mean that you can stop other companies from possibly selling out in the same arena. That's not how this works. That's not how it ever works. You know, that's like MetLife, Sta MetLife Stadium with the Judson Giants. SoFi Stadium with the Rams and the um and the Chargers. You know, neither team is going to keep each other from getting into the arena if they're playing each other on Sunday. Feel me? It, it's it's a lack of it's honestly it's disrespectful from on WWE's end that they would try honestly to stop MLW from being prosperous. I I get it, you know. Tubi would be owned by Fox. Tubi's owned by Fox, and that's WWE's television partner. I, at that point, I get that. But you can't stop a competitor, or who you consider a competitor, because personally, I think professional wrestling is just beautiful, and that everything is just lovely. But you can't be telling, you know, cable stations, you know, to stop working with a company just because they have the same partner. In terms of um, television. Disrespectful in the slightest. I, I honestly don't understand, you know, I mean, the WWE executive who said this, you know, couldn't control Big Man. Yeah, nobody can control that man. He's freaking nuts. Absolutely freaking nuts. Seriously. 
Like every time I see this man book in my mind, 100%. Who was on crack? That's how I think of his booking. That's how I honestly think of it. You know, he's doing all these. This is this is a very bad look for Vince McMahon. If if this actually turns out in MLW's favor and they actually win the case. That's going to look very bad for Vince McMahon. And now knowing that Paul tried to stop the G1 Supercard show, that tells me they were trying to get ROH and NGPW ousted from MSG because they didn't want to, they didn't want them running in what they call their in their mind their house. Come on now. Professional wrestling is universal. There should be no anything whatsoever that should keep all wrestling companies from just being allowed to just do their thing without any hitches, without any nonsense, lawsuits, anything of the sort. Let a company be a company. You got your own, you got your own stuff to worry about, Vince. You really do have your own shit to worry about. Seriously. Seriously. Like, let's let's keep it a buck. Vince McMahon, you're in the wrong for this. And I hope you actually lose your case. Not because I not because I don't like you. Booking wise, you suck. You're out of touch. You're an old dude. You're a freaking boomer that doesn't have it anymore. Needs to needs to literally walk away. But you can't. Can't. It's sad. We'll see how it goes with that, and uh, hopefully this actually gets resolved very quickly. And I'm I'm favoring MLW in this one. I really am. <sighs> we'll see. We'll see how everything goes with this. Now, for a final article of this segment, if I have any more, I'll talk about it. If not, we'll just talk. We'll just uh, do a little do a little rambling for a little while in the next segment. A very big hallelujah came from the heavens not too long ago. From WrestlingInc.com, Corey Graves reportedly cleared for physical action. This is, of course, my favorite professional wrestling writer in the game today, none other than Mr. Mark Middleton. Corey Graves was reportedly cleared to return to in-ring action at some point in 2020. A new report from from Fightful Select notes that sources close to Graves claim that he was actually cleared by WWE doctors at some point in the last year or so. WWE cannot confirm the report, but it's largely based on behind-the-scenes discussions. Graves briefly won the WWE 24-7 Championship on the November 8th, 2021 Raw, despite previously being on a strict internal no-contact list. It's now been confirmed that Graves was no longer on that list when he won the title. There have been several internal pitches made for Graves, but it remains to be seen if those were from WWE Creative or just Graves himself. It was noted that none of the pitches for Graves have made it through Creative. One source close to WWE creative team said that they were not aware of Graves being cleared and confirmed that he is off the no-contact list. After a run on the indies, Graves signed a WWE developmental deal in August 2011. He suffered two concussions between late 2013 and early 2014, and then announced his in-ring retirement in December 2014. Graves has been a member of the WWE NXT and main roster announced team since then. Graves spoke about wanting to come out of retirement during an April 2020 podcast, after being inspired by the WWE 24 documentary on Hall of Famer Edge. In May 2020, he then stepped into the ring to train for the first time since retiring with his brother Sam Adonis. Graves fueled the rumor mill back again in 2021 when he tweeted, I was put on this earth to do something. What I'm doing is not it. 
He then tweeted about wanting to wrestle again in late November 2021. Now, it's noted, Graves stated earlier this month that he wants to declare a spot for the 2022 Men's Royal Rumble match. There's no word on if WWE will allow Graves to return to the ring, but we'll keep you updated. And of course, if you're looking at the article, um, there's, of course, the tweets that I spoke about below that. Congratulations to Corey Graves. I'm actually glad he is um, cleared for physical action. I'm very happy. Uh, Corey Graves is actually one of my favorites back in, uh, when he was in NXT. I love Corey Graves. I thought he was a great dude. Um, the savior of misbehavior. Loved the gimmick. Even had a title match against, uh, I believe, Seth Rollins on um, NXT. Former NXT Tag Team Champion with uh, now Pac. And he was he was damn good. I mean, unfortunately, a couple concussions did him in, and he had to unfortunately retire from you know wrestling as a whole. That's crazy, one hundred percent crazy. Now, Corey Graves is back. Corey Graves is back for in ring action in the WWE, and I could not be happier. You know, I do. Like I said I do like Corey Graves. I do like you know some of his commentary on Raw. That's if I just pass through it for like five minutes. I'm just like trying to wait for the other commercial to end on the other show that I'm actually watching just so I can get past it. But in what capacity we're going to have Corey Graves do anything? Your guess will be as good as mine at that point. Will he be in the Royal Rumble? I don't know. Should he? I don't know. Your guess would be as good as mine. I'm really happy, like I said, to see him back. Um, if he actually starts getting physical, like legitimately throwing punches, kicks, elbows, and all that good stuff, that will let us know that he is really back. Um, I'll believe it more once he gets a full match in and be able to just do his thing. It's going to be... It's. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do with Corey. Uh, they may pull a Michael Cole. They may have him, you know have him in his, you know, gear or whatever, underneath his uh, suit, something of that nature, all that good stuff. You know, they may pull a Michael Cole. They may have him come out actually to an entrance, which would be crazy if people actually saw that, you know, and the most of us, most of us will think have that nostalgia if we watch the early NXT days. But for those who may not know, they will probably be like, who's this dude? Oh, that's the commentator from uh, Raw. What? He's doing, uh, he's going to more Rumble Wubble. That's cool. So, we'll see what happens with that. And hopefully, you know, in some way, shape, or form, we get him back into the swing of things, getting get, doing more in-ring stuff. And, uh, hey, sky's the limit now for Corey Graves, who is now off the injured list. That's going to end it for this segment of the podcast. When we come back, though, I'm just going to talk to y'all for a little bit. I'll talk to y'all. Just to let y'all know what I've been doing, what, you know, all that stuff during my quote-unquote summer vacation, during the YLP summer vacation. I'm going to talk about that a little bit. And I'm going to give you some bold predictions of mine. This go-around for 2022. Um, I got a couple of good ones. Mostly, they're basically uh, WWE-related. Um, I didn't really have any for AEW or anything of that matter, but my somewhat disdain for WWE has forced me to actually do this. So when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about you know where I've been, what I've been doing, and we're going to talk about my bold predictions on episode 317 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
right, guys. This is the final segment of today's episode 317 of the YLP podcast. Hope you guys have been enjoying the show so far. If you have, make sure, of course, if you have any opinions, comments, questions, or anything of the sort, hit me up at an email at younglionsperspective at gmail.com. You can hit me up on Twitter at YL Perspective, capital YLP Perspective. Find me on Instagram at young underscore lions underscore perspective. All that good stuff. Facebook, you can find me over there. Just search for the Young Lions Perspective Podcast. And now, where have I been? <laughs> where has Mr. YLP himself been for over five months? Well, as y'all know, I was on a summer vacation. I was moving to Colorado with my girlfriend, Miss YLP herself. She lived out in Colorado. I was moving to Colorado with her. So, we didn't go straight to Colorado. We, had, we went straight up to Maine, had to take care of some business with um, her father's estate, took care of all that, which is about four months. Um, very, very um, interesting process to go through. A lot of, uh, a lot of emotion, a lot of, a lot of us coming together. I think this was one of those where Miss YLP and I really got closer as a couple because of the fact that, you know, we were pretty much like, this is like us living together in a sense and being together day in, day out, like we've, like we've been wanting to for so long. Um, and now going into this situation, I knew I had to be there for her. Just like she was there for me when Papa YLP unfortunately couldn't kick out it to um, last October. Uh, October 2020, I should say. So I knew it was going to be tough for her. But, you know, going through all those situations, going through what we did for those four months, um, there were a lot of, a good amount of highs, a good amount of laughs, but also a good amount of tears. And But the main thing was, was that, you know, we really got to really know each other. Um, our mannerisms, you know, day in, day out activities, you know, all the stuff. Um, we actually didn't really get popping with um, taking care of, fully taking care of the estate until September. Um, August was just hot. It was just a heat wave in, in New England for God knows how long. And we really didn't get much done in the beginning of that. But we were able to do some activities. We were able to um, go to Naples and, uh, you know, hang out there, you know, going to see... Um, I forget the name of the band, and I know Miss YLP yourself will kill me after that, but we went, you know, went to a concert, um, had a good amount of local beers, you know, we were able to apple pick, which was awesome, you know, and those apples were good. Yum, 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 pick, pick them right off the tree, they were great. Um, we, we actually went to see drag racing, uh, her father actually used to ride, uh, do snowmobile drag racing, um, back in the day. So that was really cool to see, and, you know, just be there, eating chicken, chicken tendies, you know, and french fries and cheese sauce and dog was there with Milo, aka Mr. YLP Jr. was there with us. Um, it was a really good time, but also, you know, there was a lot that went on with it. Um, I won't get into particulars because we, we're going to keep that to ourselves and we got to give me some yum, you know, some mm on that, which would, I would greatly appreciate. Uh, no questions, please. No, thank you. It's bad enough. It, was, it, was, it wasn't bad, but it was just, you know, it was a very tough situation that you know, really made both of us stronger, not only as individuals, but together. And that was, I think, the most important thing 
that I took away from it, is that we became stronger as a couple. You know, we could if we could get through four months of that, we can get through a lot more than what we did. Um, the house, beautiful. You know, he his her father built it. Um, back in the I believe seventies, eighties, and it was a lovely house. You know, wraparound deck. You know, three, four bedrooms, you know, two baths. You know, basement where you had the where he had all his like laves and all that stuff. It was really cool to see, you know, the history of the house and to actually, you know, be in it and be in it day in day out, and being able to, you know, be on the deck and grilling on the deck and seeing the sunset from the deck and having a drink with Miss YLP. You know, and we discuss life things and. You know, having the dog out there and being, him being able to just roam. Because we were literally on top of like a summit of a mountain, 1,500 feet in the air. So, it was just nice to be in solitude for a few months. And it was just nice to be able to just be within nature in and of itself. Um, I practiced driving while I was out in Maine. Uh, it was pretty cool because, you know, driving is fun. And I, enjoy, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, we went to a lot of places. We went to, you know... Amato's, which is this uh, one Italian um, chain that had, makes really good Italian subs. I And now, me personally, I don't like olives like that. But with the olives, it was actually on point. So it was actually really, really good. Um, we went there a couple times. We made sure to grab some... Uh, well, Miss YLP made sure to grab some you know, sauce and stuff because we were going to be going to um, Tennessee to visit her aunt and uncle while we were um, traveling back to Colorado. My, my happiest memory... I think in that time in Maine, honestly, was the drag racing because it was it was something that not only that I got to see for the first time, but you know it was something that you know I could have a moment with with Miss YLB and be able to you know share that with her. I mean, albeit an emotional moment, but still it was fun to you know see the cars and see all the you know the bikes and. The snowmobiles, just getting it in on the track, and it was so cool. And, you know, I could have done without the heat, though, but it was just fun to just go there to Oxford, uh, New Oxford Speedway and just check it out and just enjoy the hell out of it. It was so much fun to just, just take it all in and just really understand. Because Miss YLP is from Maine, uh, for those of you who may not know. Um, so to understand, you know, living in her hometown, living in the house she grew up in, going around certain parts of Maine and going to Portland and walking around and everybody's just like, oh my God, the dog's, your dog's so cute. He's a handsome boy. If you guys didn't see the Instagram post I had a couple days ago, um, you can see Milo there. Um, and in, in all his comfortable glory, may I add, uh, just in case y'all don't know, Milo is the new unofficial co-host of the YLP podcast, Marley, um, I could not take her with me, and I think it would be better off if she stayed with, um, you know, Grandma, because th their companionship is just second to none, and they're both hilarious when they're around each other, so it's really, really cool that I'm able to keep Marley around with my mom, with Mama YLP, and be able to just, you know, get to know Milo, and, you know, build a bond with him, and be able to do all that. Um, he enjoyed it out there. He had a ball out there. He was just able to run the grass and the concrete and, you know, see all these different places and smell different things. We went on a trail while we were out there that led to like us, like these springs, uh, that were freaking amazing. It was just really, really fun to be able to just like, um, go to different places like that. We even went to Mount Washington and I'm gonna tell you a funny story about that. This, this let y'all know how much I hate heights. 
Um, <laughs> so we were going up there, and I was jazzed. I was all excited. I was ready to go. I was just like, yeah, not Washington. Let's get it. You know, it took a couple. It was a couple hours drive, about an hour and a half, a couple hours drive. So we get there, and we, you know, we pay the fee and all that stuff. Get the bumper sticker once we get up. You know, so once we get up there, and I ain't know that there was like barely any guardrails. The lanes itself, it was one lane for each side, and it was super, super tight, like tighter than some biker shorts. For real, for real. It was super tight. And me personally, I could be on an airplane, no problem. It's not that much of an issue. But when we're in a vehicle that I have to trust Miss YLP with my life, <laughs> she'll come in for this later. Uh, you know, I was fear, I was scared as fuck. I'm not even gonna lie. I, I I can admit this. I was scared as hell. Miss YLP herself can tell you if you you know 100. I was dog shit scared, dog shit scared. But we made it up. Um, a couple thousand feet in the air. It was cold. It was super cold. It was super windy. Um, but we got up there. We saw the trains coming in that uh, bring people up the mountain itself and down the mountain as well. So we saw that. Um, I was able to, you know, take pictures with, you know, Miss YLP and Milo and have a moment just like, yeah, because they had like chairs there to where you can just sit at and enjoy the view. I kind of had a moment with uh, Papa YLP with that. I just sat there, you know, just got into my head a little bit and just be like, you know, hey, dad, I'm up here 2,600 feet. This is the closest I may ever get to you. But I just wanted to know I love you. I miss you and keep watching over me. Um, that type of stuff. It was really nice to see. And that was that was an experience I'll never forget. Um, going up was scary as hell. Going down was just as scary for me. I did not care. I'm here to tell you right now, I do not care. I was scared as hell. And sometimes you just got to admit, you know, I ain't saying she thing. If I say she thing, don't do it. But I mean, I was literally looking straight forward the entire time. I didn't look over to the right, didn't look over to the left. I was just like, mm -mm. until we get up there, I'm just going to. Look straight forward, hold on to the door handle as much as possible with everything everything of my might and just pray, which I did. But that was a hell of a highlight. Like once we got up there and just saw it and just really was just enjoying it. It was lovely. It was a lovely view. Um, you know, that's a memory I'll have for a lifetime and something that I never thought personally I would be able to see because New England was really on my bucket list radar in terms of traveling to places. But, you know, sometimes... You know, just, you know, the little divine intervention action type deal. So that was great. That was actually a really good time. I really thoroughly enjoyed that. Um, seeing the, you know, just seeing different things that, you know, like with uh, Miss YLP telling me the history of the home, where her bedroom was, where her parents' bedroom was, you know, just seeing that and trying to visualize it and really enjoy it and just really take it all in was really, really, really fantastic and something that I will remember forever. I love that house. Um, we'll always love that house. I will never forget those sunsets. Um, it was a shame when we had to leave. It was a very, very emotional day. Um, all that stuff, but I will never forget that. I met her grandmother while I was out there. I met a, good, a couple good friends of her, um, her father's, um, lifelong friends now. Shout out to Victor. Oh, uh, shout out to Cliff one time real quick. Cause he was, you know, awesome. Um, so we, so her father had leads. Um, there and come to find out, you know, we were putting stuff on Facebook Marketplace and Cliff, shout out to big one time for uh, Cliff, man. Cliff, if you ever if you ever hear this, thank you, my dude. Seriously. Um, so he wanted to lay it because he wanted um, his youngest, I believe it was his youngest kid, 
um, he was learning about doing lathe and all that stuff. So when he saw it posted, he instantly was just all for it. Um, so he got one machine and then all of a sudden he was just like, I want the rest of them. So he got like, I think three, four machines, um, which was, which mind you, they were heavy. They were, they had some weight on them for real. And, you know, it was very good to meet Cliff. You know, um, he made something for, um, this YLP, uh, using the lathe actually, which was the, um, Elfin Works, which was what, uh, her father's company was. Uh, using lathes and all that stuff because he, he used to do uh, dollhouses as well. So, you know, Cliff was a real one. Uh, Victor was awesome. Um, Bob was Bob. Shout out to Bob. You know, Tommy, all them. You know, and shout out to Maine one time too because I enjoyed the hell out of Maine. I I just enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed every second of it. Whether they were good days, bad days, or anything else in between, I had a ball in Maine. And I would go there, back there, in a freaking heartbeat uh, to get some more apples. I want some more ice cream. I want some more, you know, concerts. I want uh, more beach time. Uh, I want more, you know, fries. I want more everything. Because Maine was just absolutely fantastic. And I would go back there in a heartbeat if I could teleport. Um, I would get Miss YLP and myself and the dog. And we would just go there and just enjoy Portland and just enjoy every last bit of it. I thoroughly like love that, you know. It'd be like that sometimes, man. You just you just go to a place you never thought you would ever go to, and then you fall in love with it. That's how it goes. So after we left Maine in October, late October, uh, we started a trek back to Colorado. So we went back down to New Jersey. Um, just spent a couple days there. Spent a couple um, days over by the beach and seaside. For all my people out in Jersey, y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, actually, no, we were in uh, Lavalette, Lavalette, Ortley Beach area, so that was pretty chill. Um, spent a few days there. Um, you know, finally, uh, Miss YLP got to meet my mom. Miss YLP and Mama YLP finally met. We She met Marley, the dog. Um, you know, we got to chill out. She gave me, like, 90% of the stuff that I left there back, and, you know, it was good to see my mom again. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see my sister, unfortunately, um, and I do apologize for that, um, well, hopefully, if we ever go back to Jersey sometime soon, we'll get to see you, Sister YLP. I'm coming for you, girl. Um, so we spent a couple days there, and then we left New Jersey. Um, it wasn't that much of an uh, emotional goodbye. I was pretty much was just like, bye, motherfucker. I was done. Uh, you know, it'd be like that sometimes. So after we left New Jersey, we um, drove to Virginia, stayed in Lynchburg, Virginia for a couple nights. Uh, out there at Airbnb, lovely Airbnb out there. It was so cool. Um, nice house, you know, chill area. The pool was uh, put up, and Milo tried to <laughs> tried to go in the pool, and unfortunately, uh, the canvas did not support him, and it was unfortunate. But he's okay. He's all right. He was a little bit traumatized in the moment, but he's all right. Um, it was nice there to chill out for a little bit. My favorite though, my favorite time was Tennessee. I enjoy Tennessee because we were in like Nashville or Memphis. Um, we were out in like East Tennessee, which was uh, about four or five hours away from where we were in Virginia. So got there. It was like a really like full on like treehouse cabin, um, mad bedroom, like a bunch of bedrooms, dope bathrooms, um, you know, wood carved headboard and footboard. It was, oh man, that bed was so comfortable. Um, Wrapper, uh, a deck, 
on uh, both floors, actually. And uh, in the coup de gras, a hot tub. That was that was actually a nice uh, delight um, to actually enjoy that. That was pretty cool to enjoy. And meeting her aunt and uncle for the very, very first time. And I love her Aunt Lisa. She is so adorable. She is freaking adorable. And, you know, and she can cook her ass off, by the way. She made this, you know, one soup that had meatballs in it that just had me just feeling some type of, like, grandma hug being given to me. And the one thing I won't forget is that, you know, when we first met up and, you know, I hugged uh, her Aunt Lisa, you know, the, the four words that I'll never forget from her. Welcome to the family. I never forgot that. You know, I still don't. I can hear it in my head right now. 100%. It was lovely. It was lovely to actually talk to them and actually, you know, break bread and chat with their Uncle Gary and shoot the shit with him and, you know, talk shit about the world and how crazy the world is and everything else in between. Um, you know, I met Jumbo, their parrot. Um, Milo's not too fond of Jumbo. Jumbo really is... Milo's on some F Jumbo stuff and, you know... They met before, Milo wasn't feeling it, Jumbo wasn't feeling it apparently, and so yeah. But I met Jumbo, Jumbo the parrot, talkative little one, he was cool. Um, you know, seeing him eat the carrots and all that stuff, and noticing my red flannel shirt, you know, it was really cool. But it was a really lovely time to actually meet up with them, you know, and really get to know her family, start to get to know her family a little bit. And I love, you know, her Aunt Lisa and Uncle Gary to death. They're a fantastic couple. They joke, they shit on each other the entire time and just had me laughing for the, like, mostly the, the entire time I was there. And I was just, like, you know, that's, that's, it gives you those, like, that's something I want vibes. You know what I mean? Like, when you can make fun of somebody, but you know it's in jest and not, like, you know, literal hatred towards someone. They had that type of, like, you know, I'm, I'm going to make fun of you a little bit. I still love you, but, you know, X, Y, and Z. You know, they were awesome. You know, the treehouse was awesome. Super comfortable. I thought I actually lost my cell phone at one point. Um, we were going up like this like dirt hill with rocks and all that stuff. Um, and I thought I lost my phone when we got actually got to where we were. So we went, so we doubled back a couple times. I couldn't find it. Come to find, and uh, Miss YLP uh, with the victory there uh, showed me how to use my laptop to actually find out where my phone is. So surprisingly it was in the center console of the car <laughs> so luckily we didn't have to worry about that uh, any longer but that was that was a pretty funny thing that i was just like i lost my phone no i just got this too but tennessee was a vibe tennessee was awesome you know to see like all the cows and the goats and all that stuff see a couple bulls actually um that was wild uh, coyote, you know, hearing about you know, them having coyotes and all that stuff. I was like, what? That's crazy. So it was really, it was a really fun time, you know, with them. And the four of us just, we just got along so well. And I loved it. And I would love to do it again in a heartbeat, you know, and all that good stuff. And then we went from Tennessee to Missouri for just a pit stop. Um, got to the other, got to Columbia. Um, and then finally on November 1st, Got to got from Columbia, drove ten hours to Columbia to Aurora, and finally we are home in the YLP compound. Um, finally home, safe and sound. We've been back for a couple months now, and I'm just settling in, getting used to the altitude, getting used to my city, getting used to you know where stuff is, and you know getting to try different places now, and just you know understanding now that this that Aurora, Colorado is now my home, and I love that. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm a Jersey boy until I die. You know, Jersey born, Jersey bred. When I'm die, I Jersey dead. 100%. But, you know, I felt like, honestly, it was time to have a new chapter in my life. And, you know, being able... And, I, and mind you, I, I actually visited Colorado like six times in like a span of like three years. So I was already familiar with the city, but not so familiar as to the point like, this is where stuff is, this is where stuff is. I go here, you know, this gym, all that stuff. So it was really fun to just get home, relax, finally be home, and, you know, to start to uh, sort everything together, you know, and start to make our house a home. And that's the the biggest key with that is now we are home and we're making the house a true home for ourselves. And that's the best part. And I mean, getting to Colorado, it was a trek. It was a bit of a trek and we made it. But I would, I mean, honestly, I would do it all over again in a heartbeat. I would do the entire trek. I would actually, I would still want to see the uh, billboard that we saw in Pennsylvania of uh, Joe Biden uh, in Taliban garb. That was wild. We had a moment with that. Um, just going through all of it and, you know, seeing the places that we saw and seeing the Gateway Arch and, you know, going through Kansas. Pain in my ass. There is nothing there. I'm just saying. But whatever. But it was really just one of those things where it's a trip you never forget. Because you made memories along the way. And you made memories of someone that you love. And I have no problem saying it. I love Miss YLP to death. She knows that. And, you know, we've already gone through so much together in the past year plus, you know, that, you know, we can we can take on anything. We really can. And this trip, I think this trip truly proved it. Without question. And it was one of those things where, you know, we got to see the sights. We got to see things. We got to see, you know, different things. You know, stayed the night in the college town. We watched almost every game of the World Series along the way. So that was that was actually fun. Good times on that. And uh, it was just fun to be there. Be around, you know, be in. Walk around Memphis for a little bit. And was it Nashville? I think it was walking around Nashville. We walked around Nashville for a little bit. Just to get the dog's uh, legs a little bit loose. Um you know, being in Columbia, being in a college town, um, you know, being in Tennessee and just being in a different part of Tennessee and just, you know, it's 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 a trip you'll never forget, and it's one I know I won't forget. Period. And you know, hopefully we do another one, just a shorter version of it next time. <laughs> but that's our. But that was my trip. That was what your boy, yours truly, has been doing uh, since July thirtieth. 2021 and i'm telling you i'm really telling y'all it was just one of those experiences you never forget it was a fun time i greatly enjoyed it you know like i said we went through some hardship we went through some hard shit but we we persevered and we got through it and we made it back safe and sound and honestly you know i couldn't be happier you know we spent thanksgiving we had our first thanksgiving together you know we had our first christmas together first new year's all that good stuff and many more to come of course so that was the trip that was what i was doing during my summer vacation. Um, but before I go, before I head out for the week, first and foremost, thank you uh, for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you be, be wherever you are in the world, for checking out this episode of the podcast. But I got a couple uh, bold predictions I'm, I'm going to do. 
Now, 90% of, the, not, 90% of them are going to be wrong as hell. All right? Um, but there were a couple of was just like, what do I want to do? What, what, how do I want to shock the people for this one? So I got a couple. Run with me if you like to. I, I know you'll probably be like, that's not going to happen. I don't care. You know what I'm saying? This, this, this is my bold predictions. And this is how we're going to run with it. So, my first bold prediction for 2022. Roman Reigns ain't losing the Universal Championship in 2022. He will go through the... I predict he will go through the entire year of 2022 without dropping the title. Because y'all ain't got nothing else better for Roman Reigns to do it. Nothing. Nothing. SmackDown roster, roster's decimated. You now bring Rollins over. Cuckoo, cuckoo, man. Roman Reigns ain't using, losing the Universal Championship in 2022. That's my first bold prediction right there. Excuse me. My next one. My next bold prediction is going to be... I'm going to have to explain a little bit. I believe... That Triple H... Is going to be let go from WWE in 2022. I'm going to say that one more time. Just in case you ain't catch it the first time. I believe... That Triple H, Paul Levesque, is going to be released by the WWE before the end of 2022. I wrote down at some point in 2022. I personally just think that Vince McMahon is really trying to rid every strip, whatever the black and gold era was from NXT, and simply just turn, and just as as you see, they make it a, a Nickelodeon show. Um... That's not to say, you know, there's a couple, you know, couple guys and girls that are on the roster that aren't good because they are good. Braun Breaker, Carmelo Hayes, all those dudes. Um, Trick Williams, um, Raquel Gonzalez still there, Dakota Kai still there, all that good stuff. But I think, you know, after we saw WWE release um, Gabe Sapolsky, Scott Armstrong, William Regal, Samoa Joe, you know, Shawn Michaels ain't running shit over there at NXT. That's Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard. I expect Matt Bloom to go, Sarah Del Rey to go, Norman Smiley, maybe. They want to strip every Vince wants to strip everything that was the black and gold away from NXT and turn it in, and just basically turn it into what OVW is what OVW was for WWE. Make it a, a true developmental brand. Will it work? I don't know. Time will tell. But I don't think Triple H will make it. I think Triple H is going to get released. I really do. I, I am really steadfast in that bold prediction. I think Triple H will get released. And some of y'all will be like, no, nah, I ain't going to do that. Wait till Matt Bloom gets released. Sarah Del Rey. Unless, unless Vince McMahon really has a good rapport, that, good rapport with them. And basically, it's just like, okay, I can keep these coaches on. I think they're gone, too. If William Regal got released, then, I mean, at this point, the black and gold era is pretty much going to get stripped. I can see Matt Bloom go. Sarah Del Rey's gone. Norman Smiley's gone. Um, everything that Triple H had in NXT, the team, gone. Uh, but I think, in my heart of hearts, they are gonna that this, the WWE is going to, you know, Wish Triple H luck in his future endeavors. Hopefully, don't 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 get, don't clutch your pearls. Don't you know? Hopefully, hopefully, your chest ain't that much contracted. So, my next one is going to be a controversial one, maybe depending on who you ask. 
But the way that WWE is kind of, you know, keeping us in question as to what, you know, is going to be the situation at the Royal Rumble, this plays a lot into it. But I actually think the brand split will end after WrestleMania 38. I have this strange gut feeling in my heart of hearts that Roman retains, Lesnar retains at the Royal Rumble, which leads to a unification title match at WrestleMania, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. Now, Nick made his case in in an earlier segment, which is a solid case, but you got to look at the rosters that you have right now. Like, I'm going to pull it up right now, actually, as I'm doing this. Because I kind of want to make sure that I'm rapping to y'all properly. Today is the 14th. Yes. All right. So we'll go over to SmackDown. Um, SmackDownHotel.com. The SmackDownHotel.com if you want to check that out. And see all the rosters that, just in case you don't know who the hell's on there. So here's what we have. Men's wise. This is your men's roster on SmackDown. Angel Garza. Cesaro, Drew Gulag, Drew McIntyre, Eric, Happy Corbin, Umberto Carrillo, Ivar, Jimmy and Jay Uso, Jinder Mahal, King Woods, and my, uh, just so you know, King Woods uh, is going to be out for four to six weeks uh, with an injury, I believe, to his knee. Uh, I said that on G4TV's, uh, I think I had a show, I believe, um, we made that announcement, so get well soon, brother, and we'll see you in sometime probably February, early March. Kofi Kingston, Mace, no one cares. Mad Cat Moss, Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, Rick Boogs, Ricochet, Rich Holland, Roman, Sami Zayn, Shanky, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Sheamus. That's your men's roster on SmackDown. Excuse the fuck out of me. This this is how we getting down. This is your main. This is your men's roster. On SmackDown. Over on Raw, AJ Styles, Akira Tozawa, Apollo Crews, Austin Theory, Big E, Bobby Lashley, Brock Lesnar. Nobody cares about Byron Saxton. Cedric Alexander, Chad Gable, Commander Aziz, Corey Graves, added deck to the Raw roster. Uh, Damian Priest, Dominic Mysterio, Dolph Ziggler, Finn Balor, Edge, Gable Stevenson. He ain't chilling. He's just chilling right now. Uh, Kevin Owens. Uh, let me see. Montez Ford, Omos, Otis, Randy Orton, Rey Mysterio, Reggie. He like, I do. I like his flippy shit. Riddle, Robert Roode, Seth freaking Rollins, Shelton Benjamin, and Dominic Dajakovic because we don't call him T-Bar. Oh, I'm sorry. And then you have uh, Veer Mahan, who still hasn't showed up yet, coming soon, my ass, and The Miz. That is your men's side of Raw. A little bit more, but when you look at the amount of talent that was released back last year, and now seeing the rosters as they are right now, no call-ups, no nothing like that. I think, honestly, at this point, end the brand split. End it. Seriously. I know people make the... Nick said have the argument. You and saying Fox won't do that. They don't have a floating champion. But at this point, when you look at the rosters of both sides and how decimated the men's side of SmackDown is, I think at this point, just bring them, just put them together. Just do it. If not ending the brand split, at least have one floating champion across both shows. Get the Intercontinental title on SmackDown, U.S. title on uh, Raw. I think the tag team title... We'll get, I'll get into that in a second. 
But th this brand split, the way we see it now, what we have in terms of rosters for Raw and SmackDown, Disney's dead. Let, Res let Lesnar and Reigns face each other at WrestleMania 38 for the Undisputed Championship. Let Roman win and just let him float across both shows. At this point, seriously, like go on the SmackDownHotel.com and look at the Raw roster. And then look at the SmackDown roster. It is the SmackDown roster is decimated. Decimated. I mean, who in terms of the women, Aaliyah, Charlotte, um Natty, Shayna Baszler, Naomi, Sonya Deville, Zali, Shotzi. That's about it. Decimated. Come on, y'all. Rock with your boy. But I think, honestly, if not a, the end of the brand split, at least just have one floating champion across Raw and SmackDown because they don't have enough in the roster to build. And you did that. And you did that for the simple fact that you just want to be petty. Seriously. Let's keep it a buck. Seriously, like when I, when I like when we saw. Seriously, WWE literally. Like, what are we doing here? I just want the best for WWE, but apparently, WWE doesn't want the best for themselves. But I will continue on and give you my last bold prediction. Of twenty for twenty twenty two, and like I said, this is all WWE related because I really didn't think I really wasn't thinking of any for AEW. So they got so much going on, and it's just like, okay, um, what are we doing? Impact, they're gonna get there, I think. And, and kudos to Impact for the last twelve months working for AEW, WWE, uh, New Japan, Ring of Honor, MLW, all that. In one year, they work with all those companies. So Impact at this point has the forbidden door, and everybody's just coming through Impact. But that's a that's a. Beautiful thing for Impact, and if they and come to, and um, I found out some news that I didn't get uh, to talk about in the podcast today, but William Regal got an offer from Impact. So if Regal decides to go over to Impact and be an authority figure over there, Impact wins big time because they get a hell of a guy and a hell of a mind in William Regal. We'll see how that goes, but let me give you my last bold prediction for 2022. Now, as I said before. I predict the brand split will end after WrestleMania 38. Will it really happen? Probably not, but I'm just making it because I you know, just feel like doing it. At this point in the game, WWE do not know how to do any damn thing with the women on Raw and SmackDown and the tag teams. On Raw and SmackDown. They don't know how to do it. If anything, NXT gold, Black and Gold gave you the blueprint on how to book your women's and tag team divisions. Did you do that? No. What did y'all do? Was on crack. <laughs> That's all y'all were. I'm, I'm probably again. Ricky, forgive me. I saw her, bro, but this is how I really feel, dude. This is how I really feel, Ricky. This is how I feel. <laughs> WWE is on crack. But in terms of the tag team division and women's division, I think it's time to end the brand split on that too. 
I predict the tag team and women's divisions in 2022 finally will merge and float across both shows. I got an article that I'm working on right now that explains how I would actually merge the divisions together. Not women's and tag team together, but merge the women's divisions together and merge the tag team division together. And that will be coming out soon. Um, keep an eye on that. That will be over on our WordPress site, the uh, writteninwar.wordpress.com. Make sure you go over there. I have my other article over there. Um, my first ever article that I posted to uh, a WordPress um, talking about who I believe will defeat Roman Reigns and who will be the one to take the Universal Championship off of Roman. Who should be? I hope, hopefully you guys will like that one. Go check that out. Uh, first chance you get. But I think it's time to, for the, the tag teams and the women's divisions to finally merge. Uh, as I said, uh, stated in the women's division right now. Oh, so let, let's count the women. Aaliyah, Charlotte, uh, let me see her, uh, Sasha, Naomi, Natalia, Baszler, Shayna Baszler, Zia Lee, uh, Shotzi, and uh, Sonya Deville if you want to put her in a, a fighting role. Seven women in your SmackDown women's division. Over on Raw, we have Alexa Bliss, who will be coming back. Becky, uh, Bianca, Carmella, Dana, uh, Dewdrop. Why the fuck y'all calling her Dewdrop? I swear. It's Piper fucking Niven. Use it. Live. Oh, let me see. Hold on. Mm hmm. Beth Phoenix, if you want to put her in there, but she was only there for a hot minute, so we're not going to count her. Bella, Dana, Liv, Maurice, we're not counting either. Part-timer. Uh, Nikki A.S.H., Rhea Ripley, Tamina, Queen Zelina. If by my count, I believe I got eight for that. Fifteen combined, ladies. You can make a division out of that, or at least start a division out of that. Same thing goes for the tag teams. We got Street Profits, Alpha Academy, RK Bro, and Hurt Business, kinda. Apollo Crews, the Commander. That's four or five tag teams in the division on Raw. You go over to SmackDown, it's a little bit worse. Usos, New Day, War Machine. Oh, no, I'm sorry. The Viking Raiders. War Machine, shut up. Mad Cat Moss, Happy Corbin, whatever. Rick Boot, Shinsuke. Um, you know, there ain't much going on with the tag. You got if you have four or five tag teams per show, you're gonna you know overuse really fast. So why not just merge the division together and have? Well, I don't want to spoil anything. You know. I don't want to spoil the article, but, you know, you kind of get the idea. But I, I think, honestly, in my heart of hearts, I, I am predicting that we are going to have the merging of tag teams and the women merging from, with Raw and SmackDown coming together as one. SmackDown tag team and Raw tag teams coming together merging as one. Um, I'll explain it more in the article, my way too early WrestleMania card that will be coming out very soon. It will be coming out before the Royal Rumble, I promise you that. I'm um, still like on the last couple of matches that I have to uh, book in my head. So, but yeah, those are my four main predictions. 
Roman Reigns ain't losing the championship, Universal Championship to 2022. Triple H, I believe, is going to get released from WWE at some point in 2022. The brand split, will, I believe, will end after WrestleMania 38, and the tag team and women's divisions on both Raw and SmackDown finally merge together and give us floating stuff. You can keep Intercontinental on SmackDown, U.S. Championship on Raw, and have them float. It brings more eyes to the division as a whole because you don't want to miss a match. You don't want to miss a feud. It helps the women's tag team division exponentially because then you can then call up talent and bring in new tag teams. I'm going to say it like this, and Ricky will probably be proud of me for saying this. Toxic Attraction, I think, if they get moved up, I think they'll be a major player in the women's tag team division. No cap. That is legitimate. No cap. I think Toxic Attraction will be a major player if they get called up to the main roster sometime soon. If they do get called up in 2022. If not, 2023, call them up. I think they'll, if they get enough seasoning, I think they can make it work on the main roster. Tatas, booty, um, all that stuff. And again, as I always say, I am just a man. I am merely just a man. But I love my girl. She know that. But it be like that sometimes, so. But yeah, that, those, those, that's what I think is going to happen in 2022. Am I going to be wrong? Probably. On all four? Probably. Uh, but that's what I think is going to happen in 2022. And that's going to be it, ladies and gentlemen. First full episode back from vacation. I don't think we did too bad. No one died. All that good stuff. When we come back, we're going to close out the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 318 of the YLP podcast. Stay tuned. Be right back. Well, guys, that's going to be it for episode 317 of the YLP podcast. And seriously, thank you guys so, so, so much for your patience, uh, being patient with me and all that good stuff. But I thank you for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for taking out this episode of the podcast. And as always... I greatly and truly appreciate it. Again, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, concerns, anything about the show, today's show at all, hit you up with an email over at youngwinesperspective at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter at YLPerspective. That's capital YLP Perspective. Uh, I do live tweeting for, usually, not right now, I haven't been doing it, but AEW every Wednesday night. Uh, usually it would be NXT on Tuesdays, but I've been kind of falling off on that. Um, usually every premium live event, I get a chance to do so. I will do it. And just to let you guys know, I will be live tweeting during the Royal Rumble. And there is a special reason for that. So uh, I will keep you guys informed uh, in a couple of weeks about why it's a special to me. If you know, you know. Um, you can also find me on Instagram over at young underscore lions underscore perspective. Find me on Facebook over just simply search for uh, Young Lions Perspective Podcast. You get all the posts over there. All the Instagram stuff can go over to Facebook. All that fun stuff. Hi, Milo. And there's Milo, the unofficial co-host of the podcast, looking out the window for no freaking reason. Anywho. Uh, <laughs> uh, but of course, seriously, uh, make sure you take time out of your day to check that out. Follow me on all those platforms. Of course, also, you can find this podcast on many different platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible Podcast, 
Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Stitcher Radio, and of course, that good old Spotify fam! Search for the YLP Podcast across all different platforms. Search for Wrestle Addicts Radio across all different platforms. You should have no problem finding this podcast and all the other war podcasts as well. Alright? Just so y'all know, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. So a couple announcements, of course, y'all know... Episode 318 going down next week. We'll go back, getting back to the format of News of the Week. The show, of course, like I always say, where I talk about the news that's fit for me to talk about. We'll have all the we'll discuss all the news of the week to get your weekend going in proper YLP fashion. Because that's how we get down around here in the YLP realm, okay? You know, just got to enjoy that. Also, you know... Predictions for Royal Rumble coming soon. Uh, also, like I said earlier in the podcast, uh, my article for the way too early WrestleMania card will be coming out very soon. It will be coming out before the Royal Rumble. So you guys get an idea of where my head is at uh, with how I would book WrestleMania 38. And I promise you, this is whatever WWE is going to do with their two nights. I guarantee it. I can. I'm going to do it better. Promise you on everything, my tonight card will be so much better than WWE's. You're gonna look at that card, you're gonna be like, man, this man is on crack. He ain't got it like Mr. YLP himself, and he doesn't. So that's that's just something to keep looking forward to. Like I said, that article's coming out soon. Episode three eighteen coming next Saturday, coming your way there. Seriously, I mean, I'm, I know I'm all over the place right now because I'm not in my usual format. But seriously, guys, thank you so much. It's, it's good to be back. It's really good to be back in the swing of things. I can't wait to fully get him back into the swing of things. Get Know my intro. Know my uh, closing segment properly. That ain't worry about that right now. Y'all know how I get down. Other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the games. I ain't got no predictions on that. All I know is Patriots beat Bills. Okay? Patriots will beat the Bills. No question about it. That's how it bees. And remember, Josh Allen is the inferior Josh Allen after the game he had against the real Josh Allen middle linebacker. So, just so y'all know, Patriots will be beating the Bills this weekend. And if they don't, I'm gonna be quite upset. Okay, I'm gonna be very quite. I'm gonna be quite upset, and so will Miss YLP. But that ain't gonna happen. Patriots beat the Bills on Saturday night. That's how we getting down. I'm picking the Raiders to actually beat the Bengals one time for the rookie rookie folk. Um, I think they got it. I think after the the win they had with the Chargers, I think the Raiders can beat the Bengals. Uh, we'll see how that goes. But other than that, guys, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy Martin Luther King Day, which is going to be coming this Monday. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday for episode 318 of the YLP Podcast. See you! This has been a Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.